Garden and the Moon is a knowledge center bringing together teachings and insights, experiences and stories, people and beings. Melissa Elsay is a spiritual teacher and clairvoyant channel based in Sonoma, California. Her very name, Melissa, comes from the Greek word Melissa, which means bee. It is no wonder then why Melissa deeply connects with the natural world of bees, gardens, flowers, and the guidance of Lady Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy, amongst other ascended masters. Connecting to the new healed whole Mother Earth as the new environment the world is now transitioning to, Melissa shares in this conversation her perspectives on the earth and beauty, prayers and compassions, gifts and flowers. Hello, Melissa. It's so wonderful to have you uh, join the Garden and the Moon podcast channel. As I've explained, you know, I love to um, connect and discuss, you know, uh, various topics on this channel with people I feel really inspired by. You're definitely uh, one of them. Uh, we actually met um, when I was doing a, a project in California, in Napa Valley, and I, and I remember you know, like adjusting to, to that region that is very uh, much focused on wine, new cooperation around wine. And, and I remember the first weeks were a bit challenging for me in terms of like feeling grounded in that land and, and feeling the land, actually. And um, a dear friend of us, uh, now a common friend of us, Jessica, who is very connected with flowers, kindly introduced us with each other and um, it was actually the step or like the, the opening of a new realm of reality of that very specific region and land us meeting and connecting and so um, I'm very grateful for that and uh, the reason why I'm, I'm sharing that here is because I think it it really um, introduced also like the, the, the huge work you're doing in terms of like connecting people, not only to their inner self, but to the, to the inner reality, uh, the infinite reality, the infinite realm we're all part of actually. And that sometimes we, we don't necessarily feel or see. Thank you for sharing um, about your work, about, you know, like your, your path uh, with us. And I would love for you to, first of all, explain a little bit to people who are listening. Um, what is it that you do? Uh, because <laughs> I think it would be really interesting to hear it from your own words. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me here. And um very pleased to be connecting with you this morning and I think something that you mentioned really struck me and you've used the word connection a number of times our connection through Jessica through the flowers through soul what I call soul family there's a great changes on the earth I don't think anybody would disagree with that uh, but these changes are moving from a material polarity to a spiritual polarity 
So my awakening is what caused me to move into the world and and do what you're calling this body of work or this type of work I've been doing. And it, it happened back in 1987. So it's quite a while back. Uh, there was a, a something going on in the sky and the astrology at that time called the harmonic convergence. No idea really what that was, but I could feel, you know, it was in the news and I heard people talking about it, but I could feel something coming. And I was pacing in my life, you know, and I'm grinding my teeth. What's coming? Something's coming, some kind of big change. And during a, um, a, a sort of a circle that I was in, like a retreat circle, I had a mystical experience that changed my life and my life's direction and woke me up. So we hear that term. I'm sure you've heard it a lot of awakening or waking up or, you know, ascension, awareness, all these these terms that have been, you know, out in the world for the last 40 years or so when things seem to change and the dawning of the age of Aquarius and all that good stuff. So what happened to me is I actually saw the earth and I knew I was seeing the earth from a great distance. And I remember my mind being very disoriented and saying, how could you be seeing the earth? You're on the earth. But I also knew I was somewhere else. So it was my first, well, it's probably not my first, but my first aware introduction to a multi-dimensional reality. So we are multi-dimensional beings. And as you referred to earlier, going inside, going inner, and then beginning to find that your inner self, once you're connected to your core self, start to realize through the chakras, as you were saying, that you're way more than this physical form. Your way, you have this connection. And we have inklings of it all through, um, you know, all through history, inklings of a bigger connection, a spiritual connection. We often form religions around it and, you know, realize that there's beings with greater awareness that have come in at certain times to help the planet move to the next level. So on a very um, practical, mundane level, we are all connected. And just like my hand or your hand, if you think of it, you know, your hand is your hand, but it has five fingers and each finger is unique. So we are unique individuals like those fingers, like the Emily finger, the Melissa finger, the Jessica finger, you know, we're all these fingers. And then the hand, we're also the hand. We're also the oversoul. We're also connected there. And then, of course, that's connected to the arm and the body. So you begin to see that there's these layers in infinity of, of the hugeness of creation. And we are able to access when we get into our center through opening our chakras, through having balance in our life, those higher realms and recognize and draw energy and information and tech, you know, new stuff from the Akasha, from these extended realms. And we need those realms to deal with the changes. So when I first started channeling, that's how my work started. Energy would come through. I would see individuals and channel energy and I was able to see things. I would see their past lives. I would see things going on in their body. I would say to someone, oh, there's cancer cells in your uterus. And she would say, oh, I'm perfectly healthy. And call me two years later and say, because of you, I went to the doctor and I did have cancer cells or stuff like that. Now, I didn't know the mechanics of that. You know, I, I, you know, I know how to put a key in a car and drive a car, but I don't know how a car works. And so channeling is sort of the same way, you know, I would be bringing this through and I wouldn't understand how I could talk to someone in South Africa and know that their dog died, you know, because I see a black and white dog around them. So those things were like the phenomena aspect. 
And that I learned wasn't really important. What was important was having a practice, a practice that kept me grounded in this world that I live in and in these multi-layered worlds that are coming more into this world and changing this world. So that's a lot. You asked me about my work. So my work has been, it, it, it actually, in the beginning, I was like, well, I feel like I have something to do with this because I certainly didn't grow up wanting to be a psychic or wanting to do readings. That wasn't in my mindset at all. But I had an awareness that because this talent came through, there was something going on. And what I realized was going on was the world was changing and I would find myself saying to people as they came, whether you believe it or not, whether you are ready to hear it, whether you believe that we're upgrading or changing into a new vibration or things are shifting on the planet, the earth is moving along and she mm -hmm. is in a process of changing. So if I look back 40 years and I hear myself saying that, I look at the earth now and I see that she has moved into the physical reality of changing her weather patterns, changing the wind, bringing in fires, using the elements to cleanse the planet, whatever you might want to see. And I realize the earth has been upgrading and changing all along. That's really amazing. And do you, did you feel like glimpses of, of that, um, you know, awareness when you were a child, you know, when you were a kid, like were you already like a very sensitive child or if um, guides, you know, like, like yours, um, are, they, are they chosen, you know, kind of like are they chosen to support and, and transmit a message or is it something because of your your own, you know, like uh, beauty and, and awareness of, you know, the world around you that, that you've worked, I mean, not worked on, but like kind of like followed, you know, and uh, trusted and surrounded to? Wow, there, that's a really interesting question. And I think there's two things I want to address there. One is when I first woke up, my background is is very Catholic. So I went to Catholic school for 14 years, you know, I went to a mm -hmm. college, Catholic high school, Catholic grammar school. So my spiritual reality that I knew in the 3D was from Catholicism, which is a very dual religion. You know, there's good, there's evil, there's right, there's wrong. And um, uh, so when I first woke up, I would hear phrases from the Bible in my head over and over that I remember as a child questioning or wondering what they meant. And one of them I would hear, because I would worry about why me? You know, why is this coming to me? I didn't feel like particularly blessed. I just felt more different. And I felt different as a child already. So the, that was like kind of, are you nuts? You know, I would hear as many are called, but few are chosen. And I kind of realized it was a free will thing. It wasn't something outside of me bestowing something on me. It was something from the inside that over past lives and experiences, I had developed and it was my turn to just wake up and accept the awakening that we all could accept, you know? So I do believe that everybody has gifts, different types of gifts, and those gifts begin to awaken when we can handle them. So, and, and they're rocky, you know, it was, it, I had to develop myself and work on myself to be able to handle this energy and awareness coming in. So that's number one. Number two, as a child, yeah, um, my sister, she's funny. She points out to me when we look at photographs, and I never thought of it until I looked, but in every photograph, I'm looking up. I'm never <laughs> looking at the camera. I'm never looking down. And in every photograph, she's looking down. We had kind of a challenging high, um, childhood, um, so it wasn't necessarily really happy. 
but that was interesting. I'm always looking up. And I, as a child, like my mother was telling me, you know, they could never find me when I was two or three. And she would find me behind a chair with all my surrounded by circles of animal, you know, my little animals and things. So, yeah, I, I was a very imaginative child. I daydreamed through school. My household was disruptive and loud. And, and so in school, I loved going to school so I could just sit and melt away and daydream all the time. So imagination, imaginative children, they're keys to opening your ability to go into other realms. You know, it's almost like a stepping stone. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was very kind of otherworldly and not too much in this world as a child. Yeah. And That's I definitely beautiful. saw I definitely saw things. <laughs> I think you find probably were you different as a child in some ways? You know, I I yes, uh it's funny what you mentioned about the school aspect because I I felt the same. Actually school like such a beautiful escape for me because also I, I had a uh, you know, childhood not so easy and um, yeah, and reading and being, you know, in arts or even in garden. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a florist. You know, everyone wants to be like a school teacher, like I wanted to be a florist. So I think beauty was always like a, a great way for me to 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 feel happy, actually. And and I see beauty as, you know, part of this multidimensional reality. I think when when you're able to see and, and feel beauty all around, like you're able to really connect with all those dimensions in a way. So I can I can relate a little bit, although I, you know, I feel like you you are you have like such a special bond, uh, you know, like with um so many other guides and um, and one of the things that really touched my heart uh, in your channeling in your in your you know moon circle in in your readings is uh, is your connection to flowers and your connection to Kuan Yin and um, actually you're the one who really introduced me to Kuan Yin um, and and the, the the softness the the beauty of our words and our presence is 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 a gift that you that you gave me and, and and many others and i would love for you to introduce Yin to all the people who are listening here and, and i'm sure some may know some may not know uh, because she's she has been a precious uh friend for you as well right <laughs> oh yes Yin is uh been really really wonderful so when i started channeling i first person that i channeled higher being was lord sananda which is the sole name of the christ consciousness and the christ consciousness and then after that saint germain a lot of saint germain and archangel michael and to this day i work with those entities a lot but it was about 10 15 years into my channeling um spirit had guided me to make a big move to virginia and I moved to Virginia and I noticed when I was working in my healing room that there would be this just lovely presence in the corner that I would see, but that I didn't know who it was yet. I, for me, the channeling is um, an energy shows up and it shows up like it showed up the first few times like a fabric, like a liberty print is all I could think of. Liberty of London, you know, mm. like flowers, like like the Jesus energy was uh, like this massive 
lilies. It was like lilies woven together, but it looked like material with a beautiful flower pattern that came alive, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, and you could wow. almost smell it or touch it. So they would come in with their own signature and then they would identify and I would identify the feeling with them. And this beautiful presence I couldn't identify because it wasn't St. Germain, it wasn't Jesus, it wasn't the archangels. And I was very careful as an open channel, you can bring in all kinds of energies. So I was always very careful to only bring in the highest and to keep myself clear, you know? So I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know who this energy was, but I'd be doing energy work on the table and I'd look up and I'd just see this column of energy that that just expanded me and felt so loving and felt personally supportive. That was a very mm -hmm. big difference for me. And so there was a story that I, I didn't know who she was. And I um, received this letter in the mail out of the blue. It was like a week after I'd moved to Virginia. And it was from a woman that I had met her husband in New Hampshire 10 years prior and it was like a little antique store at the side of the road. I was going to the lake and I was drawn in. It was very country and I liked country, you know, rustic furniture. And in the corner of the room, there was a huge display case filled with crystals. And I was like so surprised, you know, and the beautiful crystal carvings like rose quartz and amethyst and um, jade. And there were a lot of Asian deities and elephants. And at that time, I, I could afford these pair of small amethyst elephants they're about this big so I bought them and you know gave her a check and left and went on my way and moved you know guidance moved me out and here I am in Virginia and I get a letter from this woman she said my husband passed away and you know he has all these Asian things because when he was in the war he bought them he was in the army in the war he bought all these things brought them back to New Hampshire where you know they were just kind of you know very average American people. And she said, I don't know what to do with them. Would you like to purchase some? Because I, um, you know, don't know, know what to do with them. And so I opened my palms to spirit and I said, is there anything? And, and I heard, yes, if there's a purple Buddha, if there's an amethyst Buddha. And so I said, yes, if there's an amethyst Buddha. And she wrestled around. She said, oh, there's an amethyst Buddha. It costs $250. And I said, looked at my checkbook, I had $250. And that was it, you know, wow. from the move and everything I was completely, I was like, okay. And I wrote her a check and sent it. A week or two later, I get this big box in the mail, you know, it's like a, one of those beautiful kind of Chinese boxes that was fabric and you open it up and it's lined with satin. And there's this woman looking at me, there's this carving mm. this about 12 inches high, with a with a rainbow in the crystal, it was amethyst crystal in the heart. And it wow. just floored me. And I first thought, this is not Buddha. <laughs> and I picked it up out and I was holding it and it was so charged. And I turned it over and it said, Kuan Yin, Buddhist goddess of compassion. And I was like, boom, the energy just hit me and connected me to the energy in my room. And I knew that was Kuan Yin. And that started my journey. What was funny Amazing. was, yeah, that was like maybe... 90 something in the 90s and Kuan Yin you you looked her up you didn't hear of her hardly at all right now plug in Kuan Yin to the computer and everybody's talking about Kuan Yin but at that time mm -hmm. I'd never heard of her um, and then I started working with her and she always talked about blessings and flowers and I felt Emil, 
the that she was so connected to me. She cared about me, whereas I just felt I was serving before with the other entities. And that's mm-hmm. not to say they weren't loving. They were, but it was universal. Hers was so personal, like being with a flower. You know, it just feels mm. so yummy and personal. And I remember as I started channeling out in the world, I was channeling for this woman who had, who was an acupuncturist in Boston, and she had just come back from teaching in China. And she said, I, I you know, didn't know that, but I was, because she was a stranger coming in line for a channeling. And I just said something like, oh, Kuan Yin's around you. And she reached in her shirt. She pulled out a necklace of Kuan Yin. And she told me she'd just been in China. And she said, when you're in China, there are these amazing temples all around for the deities but she said Kuan Yin is everywhere she's in the little roadside ones and everybody Mm. you know she's very personal like the mother and Mm -hmm. so I began to learn about the historical Kuan Yin and connect her to why she was here on the planet at this time basically because she exudes total compassion and that's what we need on the planet so Mm. 20 years ago that compassion began to come in and now when you listen to people speak you know, teachers and speakers, they are speaking of the need for compassion with one another. You know, I, I feel our presence, you know, when, when you're speaking, when, when we're connecting, like uh, I do. And, and um, so, Melissa, what, what is Kuan Yin sharing with us these days? Like, what, what is she saying to, to us and, and to people who are opening uh, their heart to her? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think that, you know, the message, at least for the last 15, 20 years or so from her has been that greater need for compassion and compassion for the self and others. And she actually gave me a prayer. Um, When you look on my website, you can see me repeating it. It's in the recording. And the first few lines are, Dearest Lady Kuan Yin, I call on you to help me love and accept myself fully. I ask that you grant a full measure of compassion for myself and for others. And I remember thinking how interesting it starts with the self. Um, Mm. As the channelings on the full moons, I do a monthly full moon for the last 20 years or so. I made that commitment. And the channelings from Kuan Yin, she started talking about the garden. So the first thing she gave me was what she called the gift of the garden. She said, I'm here to just bestow a 3D gift on humanity, and that is the gift of the garden. And what she said is the garden exists in a fifth dimensional place of wholeness, and we are able to actually bring it into the third dimension through our hearts. So as we open our hearts to compassion, we can bring the garden into the subway. We can bring the garden into the dental office when you're waiting. We can bring the garden into a conversation that we're having that's difficult that closes our heart down by just remembering it it actually comes into the third dimension. And so she talked about the garden a lot and visualizing the garden and being able to go there for refuge, you know, to meditate on being in a garden and, you know, making it real for yourself. But then as the months and years went on, she started to come through about the flowers themselves and every channeling she would do a flower blessing and she would ask us to Om and invite the flowers in and turn our third eye to the sky and we would own whatever she directed us five times chanting 10 times whatever and you would start to see flowers and then whatever flower you saw she would say 
find out about the flower if you saw an iris. What are its properties? What is the flower essence? What is the property of the flower? What is the color? Have it in your house. And for me, the first five years, I would get peonies. And as I looked up their properties, I found out that they were really good for, um, in Chinese medicine, they use peony roots and leaves for the um, female organs. And I needed it at that time. I was having issues. Mm -hmm. And I remember my assistant, he said, oh, I kept getting a dandelion. And we looked that up and that was really good for the liver. And he had liver issues. So we began to realize, yeah, that the flowers had a lot to teach us as I it developed, I started to, what is a flower essence? I didn't used to know. It's a vibrational medicine. And I learned about those properties. So whether it's an herbal aspect or the beauty of just having the peonies in a bowl. And here's a funny side story. Everywhere I was led to the next house, the next house, so I was led to Vermont after that, New York, there were peonies at the front door growing, wow. you know, so it was, Amazing. you know, just those little things that network. And then she began to say about five years ago, I can't remember exactly when, five or six years ago, when the new healed whole Mother Earth introduced herself, Kuan Yin started speaking about that our natures are changing from a mammalian nature to a flower nature. So, you know, you jokingly think, are we going to have a stem and, you know, flower heads? What are we going to look like? Are we going to be bees or insects or, you know, because the human system is changing and it's going to change into something that will accommodate the next world that is coming, you know? Hmm. So I'm like, oh, what will that look like? Um, um, I was speaking to my acupuncturist the other day and she said something that struck me profoundly. She said, I told her that about the channelings and what Kuan Yin said that we're shifting and the bodies are changing and talk to any healer and they will tell you that the bodies are changing. And we could talk about the whole COVID and what changes that brought system. Um, but that's another story. But the story of Kuan Yin was, so I said to my acupuncturist about, well, we're changing from a million to flower. And she said, oh, that makes sense because mammals are competitive and mm. those who study herbology and plants and the garden and like Jessica, the flowers, they understand the cooperation of the network of roots. It's almost like our hand mm. and our fingers again. So we've got caught up in just thinking we're a finger and forgot about our connection to the hand. You know, <laughs> So true. It's so true. And, and Melissa, how do you feel like we can unlearn and relearn that, that new reality of cooperation versus competition? And because in a way, you know, like this, this message resonates and, and, and connects so deeply in me, especially as a flower lover and garden lover. But we are living in a world that's still very disconnected uh, from that. And... Do you feel like it's just, you know, by ourselves, like protecting a little bit ourselves from, from, from that, you know, that we don't feel connected with? Or is it something that's going to change no matter what? And we just have to trust that. It is definitely going to change no matter what. If I go back to 40 years and I think of all the preludes to the readings that would come out, what are the things I was saying? Whether you believe it or not, the earth is changing she is changing, she is moving forth steadily. And if I look back 30, 40 years, I see the earth has been, she's an intelligent being and she is moving forward. There's no two ways about that. At the same time, I believe, to go back to that idea of many people that come to me, 
no matter how well they fit in the world or how well they didn't fit into the world. So sometimes I will speak to people who felt so different, they couldn't fit in, they couldn't, you know, hold down a job, they couldn't find relationships, they just felt uncomfortable here on the planet, whereas others were able to really adapt and, and do things, but there was always that undercurrent, something's different about me, something's different about the world, I've got something to do, whatever it was that drew them to someone like me. What I found in all people was, we were different or we felt different or we felt like we didn't fit into you spoke about school maybe or food or even healing institutions telling us a certain way to be that didn't work for a lot of people and mm -hmm. prior to this i was a school teacher and i found that many of the children that you know were considered oh we can't teach them anything they're not very smart they have problems were amazing artists or had amazing stories to tell. So I would do these extra classes and look at that mm -hmm. difference. You know, this is a wonderful, amazing child that can, he's, you know, in second grade and he can draw dinosaurs exactly. And yet he can't read, mm -hmm. you know, he's like considered stupid. So I realized school is not meeting the needs of these new souls that are coming in. So we came in different to make a difference. And I think that's mm. important. So I think there are a lot of people like yourself and like Jessica, you mentioned earlier, who are out in the world becoming themselves, becoming comfortable with however they felt lost or not fitting in and bringing things to the world that help people wake up. So on one level, time is a human construct. You know, when I'm in the spirit world, there is no time. We don't get caught up with that sense of, oh God, we got to get this done or else, or, you know, mm -hmm. or we're going to blah, blah, blah. It's not limited. It's just there. And the earth is just in the space of blossoming. I feel like instead of feeling like she's changing, I feel like she's blossoming. Mm. And if you look at a flower, and when I was a little kid, I would sit and look at the roses. You spoke of roses earlier when we were talking and I would be so excited. I'd want to see what color the flower was. And to be honest, not very nice of me to say this, but I would tear open the bud and <laughs> the flower would just fall apart because I didn't give it a chance to bloom. Mm. And, you know, we have to be connected to the place of being perfectly still moment for transformation to happen. That's what St. Germain has taught us. You know, the transmutation of these ills on the planet, I think can happen in an instant. Um, but I think for that to happen, we have to learn to be more fully present in each moment. And as human beings, we're not. We're racing ahead to the next thing, especially in the West. I'm, you know, North American, especially in North America. It's always the next thing, the next thing, get to the goal, get to the winning thing. It's not the process. It's not the journey. And, you know, all spiritual teachers, I think, teach us that it is the journey. It's mm -hmm. the unfolding, the blossoming. So if we can come and be centered in ourselves, we come into the garden, the place of peace, the higher energy, what heaven, whatever you want to call it. And we're able to bring that on earth through our own peace. Even in times of stress, sometimes, you know, a boat is sinking, people are running around. There's that person that's connected and find peace. And certain people are drawn to that peaceful space and they can be calm and start to let go of their fear whereas others will just run in fear. And it is free will choice, so there will be both. But I do feel from the world I live in, I see thousands of people changing.
And so mm. I think the inner change is the only way we can affect the outer change. You know? Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, true, actually. And you know what I've been feeling also over the past few years is how how universal this change is. And you know what you were saying about the notion of time, like I feel the same about places. And you know, because we've had many discussions about where should I live, you know, where should I go? But in a way, now I'm, very, I'm feeling much more at peace with the fact that there is one place, there is one world, you know, and we're all part of that world. And there's no like, countries i mean of course there is but it's uh, you know it's not the full reality of it and i have been feeling that more and more like i feel you know connecting with you or connecting with you know someone you know in turkey feels like 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 i'm i'm finding that family you know that family that 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 is uh, approaching the world uh, um in in a in a very different way than um than i was used to in a way Yeah, so it, it moves out of logic of the mind and it moves into the heart. And, you know, there's an old saying by a quote from Albert Einstein, and I've loved it for years and I probably will um, not get it 100% correct. But the gist of his is, is that the master should be the intuitive mind. And we've made that the servant to the, you know, to the logical mind. And it, it should mm. be the mastery. So to me, that speaks to, there's this heart knowledge. And, you know, when I'm in my heart, I know what to do. When I'm in my head, I get caught, I can really get myself caught up with scenario after scenario and, blah, blah, and start dividing again. And so mm -hmm. to come back to wholeness, we have to look at this illusion of separation. Like you said, you know, the lines that are on the map that say, okay, this is the Ukraine, this is Russia, this is Turkey, this is Greece, this is the United States, this is Mexico. You know, all those lines are man-made lines. The earth mm -hmm. didn't put those lines yeah. there, you know. And so, you know, then we start to get separation, race, creed, gender, religious affiliation. You know, we found all these ways to separate out and go into the identity of each finger instead of the whole mm -hmm. connection. And, you know, Your hand works better when the fingers are all cooperating, when they are all, right. you know, they're able to pick that flower or, you know, caress you that know, person. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the fingers, you know, it's interesting in India, you know, they still eat with their five fingers, like they eat food. And for them, uh, each finger relates to one element. So the air, the fire, the, and that's why, you know, when they eat with their hands, it's like they're putting the cosmos into their mouth. <laughs> oh, that's and, beautiful. Yes, I found it so, um, such a beautiful image, you know, of, of, uh, of exactly what, what you're describing. And so another question I had, um, and I know we could talk for hours and hours, like it, it, it's such a fascinating, you know, conversation um, um, with you. you. You've recently um, introduced a book to, to the world, which uh, I, I think is very exciting. Uh, yes, uh, you're showing me the, the, the picture of it. And it's, it's about spiritual guidance and it's about, you know, like your channeling and 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 the message you've been receiving so do you see that book you know being the, the the beginning of like you know many different books you know do you see 
like um, an initiation for people to understand, you know, like some other aspects of communication. Could you tell us a little bit more about this new project? That's very exciting. Oh, well, thank you. And those are very good questions. Um, first of all, I'll just start with a little story is, you know, back to the school and the daydreaming. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't feel, I, I never felt like writing was my forte and it's not something I'm comfortable with. So Kuan Yin actually about 15, 20 years ago asked me to write a book about her and I actually have you know, pages and pages of starting to write it, but it was very difficult. My e ego got in the way in the sense of like, oh, how could I do this? I don't know how to do it. It's overwhelming. I'm not a writer. I don't want to put things in writing because people will see me, <laughs> you know, just all mm. the things that fears come up in the blocks and so on and so forth. And so about um, at the end of the year, I have been doing these full moons, as you spoke of channeling on them, and they're transcribed every month, and they're really such interesting energy in them. So I'm always like sending the transcriptions to people who read this, you know, and I all of a sudden realized you have to put them together. So my view was putting them just in a, um, a spiral notebook, you know, folder mm. thing so people could read them. And I began to look into how to do that. And um, it just, you know, it's like, this must be done. So I wasn't in my head that I'm writing a book. It was just like putting mm -hmm. together these channelings and getting them out. And so um, I began to talk with a friend that was helping me edit. And I realized for me, financial wise and so on and so forth, the best way to do is put it through Amazon and Amazon did not do spirals. So it turned into a book, <laughs> you know, and It came together so easy. And I believe it was a message from Kuan Yin to say, this can be easy, get out of your head, you know? Mm. And it just came together so fast. And the next thing I knew it was up on Amazon. And it I just heard it's a prelude to the story of Kuan Yin. In itself, though, we have been using it. We just did a workshop Sunday around partially around it, and we used it by holding it to your heart and mm. just breathing with it for a minute and just saying, what do I need to see? What information do I need to hear? And then kind of opening the book and looking where your eyes go. And, you know, then from there, seeing what you read. So I just opened the book. I did that and it went to St. Germain in July. It was a channeling done in July of 2021. And he's allowing yourself to straighten out, breathe, connect to your body, keep it straight, breathe in, breathe out, bring in your breath. And he says, I request the opening of my soul star, which is the eighth chakra, bring the opening that is best for me. And, you know, each time you read something that way, you get an inspiration from it. You can certainly sit down and read it, but we're using it kind of like inspiration in the moment. And um, we did it with, I think, about 10 people on the weekend. And they would open up, oh my gosh, I got, you know, Kuan Yin and she's been saying, you know, she says I'm strong and I needed that and I'm realizing I have strength. And, you know, it spoke to everyone. So it's very universal and the messages are loving and there's also information there about the blueprint of mankind changing, you know, the flower blessings. There's just a lot of energy. So do I see it as a Prelude for me personally, Kuan Yin says it's a prelude for me to get on with it and write her book, you know, uh, which is more <laughs> yes. writing and more more work that scares me, I have to say. 
Um, but I also realized it is just that loving, living energy. It's not, you know, it's not like reading a book that you stop and think about. It's reading a book that speaks to you and you feel the energy of it and you feel that direct message. So mm -hmm. the messages can be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. And I love the timeless aspect of it. Like you said, you know, like you connect with it like anytime uh, from different angles. And, and you know, that's an interesting thing that you're mentioning, because I think it's also a, a way to really trust the universe and, and what information actually would be best for you right now. You know, sometimes we say, through social media, there's so much information just being directed at us without us not necessarily needing it. Or, but with that connection with your book, you know, and opening and letting yourself be guided into one content of the book, like it's really like trusting and surrendering to the universe and what he, what he feels like sharing with you. So I, I, I love that. I think it's so such a great practice, actually. I'm going yeah, to do it. <laughs> oh good um, it I think it is good to have something like you said there is so much coming at us and one of the things I have liked about social media and Facebook and some of those things is that it really gives us a huge example in the 3D material world of what the monkey mind looks like so you know from mm. India and working in India they talk about the mind that can just chatter and monkey mind and I think um, when I first looked at Facebook, it was too overwhelming for me and I didn't really want to be part of social media. But, you know, you could scroll down and one second you're looking at a picture that takes you to India and you might read an article and you're over with the elephants. Another section you're looking at, you know, a party over here. Another section you're looking at Johnny Depp and his, you know, this and that <laughs> that's going on. Yes. And, and and you're, you know, in the, in 10 minutes, you've been all over the place and you realize that's what your mind can do. And then you start mm -hmm. to realize that if I could focus my mind, so many people tell me, oh, I went down the rabbit hole of Facebook, of social media, of TikTok or whatever it is. And it was like two hours later. And you realize, gosh, for those two hours, if I was meditating or I was cooking a meal or I was painting a picture, it would be a very different experience. So that's what I like about social media. And I think the, is that what it can teach us. And then I think the other thing is that as this fifth dimensional world connects to the third dimensional world and mixes with it, it's changing the third dimensional world. So a higher frequency coming into a lower frequency. Think of a thunderstorm, a cold front and a warm front come together. There's a huge explosion. There's lightning, there's wind, there's damage to houses, you know, and lots of rain and whatever. And then it's clear afterwards. So mm. when you put the higher energy with a lower dense energy, stuff comes up, you know, like mm. often people will go into a spiritual place and they'll kind of feel enlightened, but then their stuff will start to rise that they had pushed down and they get scared and they get mm. fearful and they push away that spiritual person or that spiritual enlightenment or that good mm. thing and shut down again. And so I think that, you know, we are learning a lot more. I think the third dimension will always reflect the higher dimension. And the third dimension is teaching us that there's a tremendous amount of energy coming in. So we need to have protection. And I don't mean protection out of a fear, but I mean a choice to shut off your computer, a choice to put your container of light around your body, to use flower essences. Those are a part of or sage, you know, a lot of people use sage or they sage their bodies or they 
cleanse or you cleanse your body with fasting and you've done a lot of Ayurvedic, there's ways to cleanse, to prepare yourself to hold more spiritual energy. Mm. And whether we're preparing ourselves or not, it's coming. Just like mm-hmm. it's it's not even coming, it's here. So just like a rain pouring down, light is pouring onto the earth. And some people are going to run for the light and you know, mm-hmm. run from it and go back to what they think worked in the past. But the past is leaving. Its structures are breaking down. And if we see that as when the bud and the flower starts to blossom, the shell falls away. You know, the shell of the seed first falls away, then the shell of the protection that was around the flower curls away and starts to get old and die. Eventually, the petals will fall away, the center will be there, and that center will spread and come back again as a seed and a flower and so on. But we don't stay with the rhythms. We can't stay in the moment because we don't breathe consciously. We breathe unconsciously. So when we breathe consciously, we're bringing our mind and our body to the same place. Usually our mind is running off like the internet in 40 different things, you know? Mm, (laughs) And when you get it, (laughs) that's such a beautiful way to like, almost like wrap up, you know, like whatever, all you've been sharing, you know, like to, to live with that picture of that flower you know evolving and blossoming and shedding away and rebirthing so thank you so much melissa i will um i will definitely you know share everything um about your what you're doing like all your information um on garden and the moon on the website um, and I'm sure it's going to be the first of many other conversations. And most importantly, thank you for being our guide. And thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your beauty, really. Thank you. Oh, appreciate that. And I would say the same back. What a nice reflection. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Garden and the Moon podcast channel. Thank you so much, Marcus Underwood, for helping and contributing to the realization of those um, podcasts. And thank you, everyone, for your presence.